I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. Typically, we have three headlines. Today, I've got three teams for you. The L.A. Clippers, L.A. Lakers, Milwaukee Bucks. We've never had an NBA playoffs begin with the favorites performing so badly. We'll try to explain why. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm RJ live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. I said it at the top, and boy, is it true. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, one win? When has that ever happened? Is it a coincidence? Sometimes there are, but Lordy B, in an in a era, in a year of the pandemic, of a bubble, of so many firsts, you can't look at something that is historically so unlikely, then have it happen and think, no chance is this a sign of anything. There's a heck of a chance it's a sign of something. I got a good guy to help me with it. He's a Joe, but one of the best in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got a full slate of NBA playoff games from Orlando and even a Des Bryant sighting in the NFL, what is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? It's not Des Bryant. (laughs) (laughs) If we were back in seven years ago, maybe. I think we go through these teams, but I think we start with the Clippers. That was last night? Yeah, the Clippers last night, and they fall to the Dallas Mavericks. 127-114. That matchup with Dallas, the 2-7 out west, is now tied at one game apiece. You know, one thing I've seen as the debate culture has become more prevalent, you know, that's been almost 10 years, I think, with the first take and Skip and Stephen A. back then and – I think almost every media platform has figured to some degree, hey, the debating gets interest. A lot of people will say how much they hate it, but it's one of those Howard Stern type, like the people that love it, love it, and the people that hate it, listen to hate it, right? So in a way, it helps. I'm not a huge, like, kind of debate, and especially the disingenuousness. I hate nothing more And I've been in situations where a producer will be, okay, well, so-and-so is on this side. You're going to be on this side. It's like, I'm not going to be on that side because, you know, I got to try to say it the way that feels right to me. I think there's a skill in being able to make both sides of an argument that many people don't have. But I I think you can always feel when one person – I'll give you an example. I love – I think as radio guys, Rob Parker and Chris Broussard that follows us – they're as good as it gets in that debate culture, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And I know you've been on that show a good bit, Joan. Rob especially, 
I think there's sometimes he'll take it one step further, and you can almost see the smile on his face. You know, like LeBron's not one of the best 20 players. You know, whatever he says, and it's like he he's figured out that if he goes one step further, you know, most people will know he's winking at him. But to me, it's just like, ah, that's a weird game, you know? <laughs> and now, do you think that, that I'm right that if, if you had Rob on a lie detector, there'd be a, sometimes, you, go, you know, I'm exaggerating there a little bit. He's, he's got this unique ability to, even if he's saying something that you completely disagree with him on and he's getting in your face about it, you just can't help but like him. There's oh, just he's a likable yeah. guy. And no so, yeah, doubt. It, his delivery leads to the. I wonder if, if he's laughing on the inside while he's playing everybody along. And, and it also yeah. could be that some of the stuff's so absurd, you all are hoping <laughs> he's laughing on the inside. Right, right. And it, l- l- listen, there's a talent to all that. One of the downsides of that talent, I think we heard today, and, and specifically, and again, FSR, personally, he's been great for me. He's been great to me. Colin Cowherd started the show today with a type of analysis that I think – is a sign of intelligence, but a sign of like, there's no sense to reality to it. And here's what it was. How, well, wait a minute, the Clippers lost the game. Did we think the Clippers were going to go undefeated in the playoffs? No. This team didn't go undefeated. This team didn't go. It's like, okay, let's think about this a second. You know who else didn't go undefeated? is pick your team, the worst team in basketball. You know, whoever's got beat the worst. I guess the teams haven't got well, – uh, who's, who's been the least impressive so far? Toronto's opponent, right? So we can sit and go, yeah, is how are they doing? Well, they did you think they were going to go undefeated? Well, no. Okay, so what's the point? It's like losing a game was a given if we look back – 12 games or 16 wins, let's say, you know, the title. Oh, look, they didn't go undefeated. They lost that first game or that second game against the Mavs. Right. Yeah, but they would have then won a total of 16 games, and we'd look back on it. The Clippers have won one, and they've lost one versus a team that they are supposed to be clearly better than. So to act like losing one of two is the same as losing one of 17 or two of 18, it's not the same. You can only look at now and say, yeah, Colin, if somehow, some way they win out from here, we'll look back and say, oh, expected. They lost one, but they were a great team. We have no idea how many games they're going to win from here. All we've got is they've played two so far. They've lost one. Before that, they didn't play all that well in the bubble. And before that, they didn't play all that well compared to expectations this season. So at every point of the season, the Clippers have disappointed. Pre-bubble, they've disappointed. In the bubble pre-playoffs, the Clippers have disappointed. And in the playoffs, they've disappointed. But just wait until they decide they want to play hard. How could that not be the conclusion? But it isn't. Why? Because whoever the talk show guy is, whatever his take is, he's going to look at every piece of evidence after that with that in mind. How can I spin this, massage it so my take doesn't look so bad? But that's not the truth. What a person does is makes his opinion now with the information I have. And then, like in poker, the next card comes out. Whatever that card is, I've got to assess it. I don't say, oh, I made a big bet in the prior round, and I'm going to act like that ace doesn't hurt me. My kings are just fine. 
No, you're not. You can't. If you do that, you won't be playing poker too long. My question, Jonas, is, and it's not. Listen, Colin to me might be the best in the business. I mean, he's certainly in that conversation. Probably is. Yeah, I think best in the business. Doesn't mean though that this is a good direction the industry's going in because the industry is going in a direction where no matter what happens, the person's take is more important than the truth and everything they say. It's almost like political parties. You know why people hate often Democrats and Republicans? Because no matter what happens, they're going to defend their guy. But that's not the truth. Why would it be in sports? And I know, listen, you and Collins got your problems, so go <laughs> right, for it, baby. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I just look, and I've looked at this the entire time as a completely new season. I don't think any sort of continuation should really be applied because teams have not played the same as when they were playing when we last started in March. And I don't know how many more examples we need other than the Bucks and the Lakers before we take a step back and say, yeah, maybe we can't just look at this as, oh, well, what happened earlier in the year? Because there's been more time off between the stoppage of play and the restart of play than there would be between in, in a normal NBA offseason. Mm. So I think this yeah. is more indicative of a new year than anything. But even year to year, there's huge carryover, right? When, when Golden, unless there's fundamental changes to personnel, if Golden State won the title one year and the next year they got the same team, they're usually going to be one of the favorites, right? Yeah, but I don't think it's identical carryover in that I don't think we can look at the best teams that were there before the bubble in exact order are going to be the best teams. No, playing. I accept that. Yeah, yeah. and so I, I just think that we've got to – Get rid of the old, well, don't worry about it. It's just one game. And don't worry about it. It's just uh, they'll figure it out. They're just getting right and revving up for the for the season or for the postseason. I think this is a brand new environment. It's a brand new atmosphere. And the teams that we all expected in normal circumstances to play well have not. And you can't dispute that. I agree with all that. And, and one of the things I want to get to is I've got a few theories about how the circumstances here are potentially benefiting the underdogs. So I agree with all that. To close this concept, though, and I'm going to keep it narrow because you are not, you do not throw, you're the opposite. They say bomb throwers, people that like to throw the grenade, <laughs> and no matter, you know, collateral damage, no worries there. You're the opposite. You're concerned about every person, and that's why you're a good person, to be honest. But maybe not the kind of guy that gets the Twitter headlines with the bomb throw. So you accept that. But wouldn't you agree, no matter who it is, a typical media guy today, if you wrote down their take on a given topic, let's say pro Clippers. So Nick Wright is anti-Clippers, right? Or he's not pro Clippers. Colin is. So let's say you got Nick on one side, Colin on the other. They're going to both watch the same game. And what's the odds that Colin's going to say, whatever happened, if they dom- if the Clippers dominate, he's going to say, see, there you go. The truth is finally in front of our eyes. And what's Nick going to say? He's going to say, you're right, Colin. He's going to say, no, here's why it doesn't matter. And then at some point, the person who turns, because they have to turn at some point when the truth does reveal itself, will do so drastically. So now they're... What's interesting is, did you see how far they turned on the Clippers? He hates them now. There's never this incremental, hey, I'm learning things as we go. Never. It's always these drastic turns. (laughs) And my question is, it might be the way you would write a sitcom. It might 
follow uh, storytelling narrative theory, but it's nothing like a human being dealing with new information. And I believe in the success of this show, I think, speaks that there is a big audience for people that want to look at sports through the eyes of Vegas, which means what? Money, which means what? No BS. Ultimately, when you say Vegas, it's another way of saying the truth will win and get paid. And the drastic sitcom way of doing this, it feels wrong to me. Thoughts. Yeah, I don't. I don't know Colin well enough. I've I've met him once or twice, but I don't know him well enough to know if he thinks this way. And I've met Nick a couple of times, and, and he's. But and who both... could think? Who could think this way in real life? But I I wonder if part of this. So I, I can't speak for them, but I wonder if, generally speaking, if people in media are so afraid to be wrong because of the instantaneous blowback they'll get on Twitter. That's what you I wonder. Know, you know what's interesting? I think Fezzik. Our guy here, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, is an example of that, where there's been times he's done, but the result of that has been that he reverses himself too quickly, that he'll have a take, right? Like you say, his take was Portland was going to win this series. Right. Looks good. If they had lost the first game, a typical pro batter, Fezzik in normal circumstances would say, hey, one game, I think I'm right, we'll see, right? That'd be a normal way. Right. He might start doubling back, meaning reversing himself because he doesn't want to be wrong on national radio. That's one of the things we've been fighting with. Hey, stick to your guns. We'll see what happens. But if your point is everyone's worried about the blowback, wouldn't the natural reaction be to start backtracking once the information goes against you? You got to step on the gas. (laughs) Which doesn't sound like you're worried about being wrong. But but I I really think there's there's part of that that you hold so hold on to your opinion and your point of view so tight that you refuse to let it go. And I actually heard Fez and I, I didn't get a chance to say anything yesterday about it, but when he was talking about the Indianapolis Colts and he was really down on the Indianapolis Colts and part of it was, you know, T.Y. Hilton and things like that. Didn't T.Y. Hilton burn him in a game last year? It was a Thursday night game and he was expecting T.Y. Hilton to play and T.Y. Ah. Hilton didn't play. And I'm almost positive he burned him in a game. And I and I thought, I, I wonder if he's holding on to that. And that's why he's got some angst against Indianapolis. Now, that happens, too. If a batter bets a certain team or a certain player that's the key to the team and they fall short even two or three times, <laughs> they will, the, 10 years later, they'll be talking about that guy. And it's hard for them to be objective with that guy. Now, with T.Y. Hilton, what was amazing is Fez, almost like Van Vliet, was saying how this guy you might not know much about has been is so important you can't even fathom, blah, blah, blah. So two years ago, we were tied for first in the Super Contest Gold so it had like a $700,000 prize, two weeks to go. And I said, let's play the Colts next to last week. He goes, no, T.Y. Hilton's questionable. I'm like, what the heck? All right, he's questionable. <laughs> Somehow we don't play the Colts. Colts win by 40 <laughs> That's what without T.Y. Hilton, whatever it was. And then we lose the other bet. And I, you know, he always feels shy about that. I'm like, dude, you made your bet. But, but there is a human reaction to that kind of thing. There is. Yeah. But the funny thing is, through all of this, no one can explain to me why, and I don't even mind someone being stubborn, meaning, hey, if you believe in what you believe, but to take the information, I guess here would be my last point. If I believe something strongly, and then I get information that seems to contradict that, I very am accepting of this. You acknowledge the information and explain why 
it still doesn't change your conclusion. That I can deal with. But if you act like the information doesn't exist, as if that information is fake news or something, it was a score of a game, then that, to me, it's beyond reason. So I totally could get, yeah, this is Colin now, let's say. Clippers lost last night. Wasn't a good game at all. Hey, they lost one of their first two. I still believe for these reasons they're going to win it. Blah, blah, blah. Great. But to say, hey, did you think they were going to go undefeated? Duh. This means nothing. That isn't reality. <laughs> and I get it. It's good. It might be good argument. If, if your only go, goal is to win the argument, that's probably a better way to do it. But if your goal is to get to the truth, it doesn't seem like the right way. Colin is a master at radio. He's a master at what he does. He, it, personally, I like him a ton. It doesn't change that the whole industry seems to be moving in this direction. And I think it's the aftermath. It's the result of the debate culture. And we're not going to do it, John. I don't care how much you try, <laughs> baby. We're going to stare right in the face of the truth. You, deal? I'm on board. I've always been on board. All right, baby. When we come back, we're going to dig in a little more about the Clippers, but the Lakers and the Bucks too. I think I know the reasons these underdogs are doing so well, but maybe not this well, but why underdogs should do better in the bubble than you might think. That's coming up next, but first straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone is America's number one battery destination. No matter what battery problems you're dealing with, you can find your battery solution at AutoZone. Next time you're having starting trouble, start at AutoZone. AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a closer look at the slow starts for the favorites in the NBA playoffs. It could be the slow death of some of these favorites. Great day to join us. We got an NFL preview coming up in our continuing series. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Last year plus, audiences doubled. Thank you so much for that. We promise best football season yet. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. Right now in Vegas, on the Strip, 113. 113. Excessive heat warning. The neon is boiling. So, RJ, we talked about the Clippers and their loss to the Dallas Mavericks last night. That series tied at one game apiece. It's early on between Milwaukee and Orlando, but the Bucks find themselves down one nothing in that series. And then you've also got the Lakers tipping off later tonight at 9 Eastern time, also down 1-0 against the Portland Trailblazers. A start, a slow start amongst the three big favorites. And remember, it's been about 3-1. to one. For ever since the bubble, re, you know, reopened the season, is three to one odds Lakers, three to one odds Clippers, three to one odds Bucks. It's varied a little bit, and everybody else far behind. Toronto kind of came up, maybe eleven to one, twelve to one. Houston's kind of peaked its nose up there, that kind of thing. But it's three favorites and everybody else, and those three favorites. One win and three losses so far. How often do you see both number ones lose uh, their first game of the whole playoffs? And then the, the key number two losing one of the first two. Just doesn't happen. This is just historic. Could be a coincidence. I don't think so. 
to finish the Clippers side of this, McKenzie and research pregame.com, he loves the Clippers. And he might be like some of the radio guys. He'll hold on and hold on and hold on. So here was his take, Jonas. What do you think? Well, there's a guy you might not have heard of. That's my commentary. His last name's Harrell. H-A-R-R-E-L. You know, he hasn't played any basketball for about five months. He is key to the Clippers. And now he's just kind of getting back. He played 15 minutes in game one, 22 minutes in game two. And you know, to be candid, when he plays, he doesn't play so well yet. So they're sacrificing the wins now to get Harrell ready to go because he's so key. That was literally said in the commercial. What do you think? Um, I disagree (laughs) just from the standpoint that the Clippers all year long, we've been hearing the same thing. Well, you know, when they're 100% healthy, you know, when they get everybody back together healthy, when they get everybody on the same court together – it's just like at some point, don't we have to just think, all right, maybe they're just never going to find the chemistry and this is just going to well, be. Beverly it. didn't play yesterday. Right. He, yeah, he, oh, he my God. I know. No, the game does not count. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was under the impression that when it comes to the Clippers, and I like the Clippers and, and I picked them to go to the finals, but I was under the impression that if they, if they added Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to that unit from last year, this shouldn't be an issue. There should be no well, problem. Except last year, they traded away like four people from that unit, right? Right. Yeah. So I, I would have concerns with the fact that they've still not really ever gotten a chance to play together. And we can look at that two ways. Oh, well, once they do, they're going to be awesome. Or, yeah, but how do we know they're going to be on the same page if that ever happens? How do we know it's ever going to happen? Right. Exactly. Here's my question. Politics, sports, whatever. When does the... Hey, wait till this team or this. There's the famous Giuliani in 2008 when he had just come off of, you know, America's mayor and the 9 11. And he said, I'm not going to Iowa. I'm not going to New Hampshire. I'm going to start in Florida. And literally, he never started. It was like he got killed in Florida and the campaign never started. It's a good example of just wait till and then it really counts. When has that ever worked? Think about how many, think about like Washington, the Redskins, five, six, seven years ago now, where they had that all star team of guys from like five years before that. Remember? Right. The cornerback. And, and it was like, yeah, these guys may just wait, just wait. That comes and it goes so fast because you've kind of realized this is a big fugazi. You shrug and everyone turns the page. The Clippers very well could be. Remember that Clipper team? And it was like, they, everyone was, and, they, and it's like, yeah, they lost in the second round. It's like, when does it ever happen that the team disappoints you again and again when it doesn't count as much? Ever at the end just turns it on and it's like, see, that's what we were talking. I don't think it ever happens, does it? Well, and it's the same thing that you see to a smaller scale in Philadelphia. Like people kept trying to say, yeah, it seems like they don't have chemistry. Their chemistry is not great. But, you know, there's just so much talent there. I find it hard to believe. And here they are down two games. People were were saying that 48 hours ago. Yeah, they said the same thing about Boston and Kyrie Irving. Yeah, we understand it's not the best relationship in the world. But once you get to the postseason, the best players always win. And then they got wiped out by Milwaukee. It just, yeah. You're so right. And you know what? The teams that do win, usually you look back and go, man, they were good early. They yep. were good in the middle of the season. They were good late. And I get it. It's not as interesting on talk radio to actually just say things that are true. But what's true here is, historically, teams that are woulda, shoulda, coulda 
stay woulda, shoulda, coulda, historically. Yeah. yeah. And number two, the Clippers have been woulda, shoulda, coulda. That's all they've been. Could they surprise us? Yeah, but it'd be a big surprise to me. Now, the next, well, I think even one more thing, Paul George. Would you agree that NBA playoff basketball at the highest level is a different animal than the regular season? Yeah, agreed. I think any most of all sports fans are going to say that. Yeah. What is Paul George's history of excellence in high stakes playoff basketball? And I mean understanding first round is one thing, second round's more, third is more, finals is more. He hasn't made the final. I mean, obviously some of this is obvious. Paul George, his resume at elite play at the NBA playoff level is almost non-existent. If I think about Paul George in the playoffs, the first thing that comes to mind success-wise is those Indiana teams pushing LeBron James and the Heat, but still not being able to get past them. And let's be candid, that was a very much an example of Paul George in hindsight must have been the key to that team because he's Paul George, yeah. but he was a piece of the puzzle, yeah. not the good guy. Team. Yeah, no, yeah. They, they had a good team. Good team. Yeah. He's He was good at the time, but it wasn't like – it's like some of the Pistons teams from the, this mid-century is in high – they were more of a team than they were two good guys. And that's right. great, but it does, Paul George wasn't some huge part of almost making the conference finals, which is effectively what they did, right? Almost. Right. Yeah, and so I that's that's what I think of when I think of success. And then I think about last year in Oklahoma City and, and them getting eliminated by Dame Lillard and the Blazers. I mean, he wasn't great last year either. So, so the two possible conclusions of Paul George's limited success in the playoffs is, well, you know, he never had the right – you just wait, more of that. You just wait. Okay, it could be. Paul George could be the Michael Jordan of his generation – we just haven't seen it yet. Okay. Or there's something about Paul George's personality, makeup, whatever, that isn't really suited for that kind of play. Could be that. To me, when you're 10 years into your career, it's usually not going to be everybody else's fault that whole time. No one ever questions that. You know why? Because everyone wants to act like this is some version of simulation. Like, Let me look at his... Baseball card, his basketball card. Oh, look, 48% shooting. That's good. And then he figured, let's extrapolate that out. He's going to win it once you get with Kawhi. No doubt. There's a guy that's proven it. He's proven it. But the question is, if you look at Toronto and how well they're playing without Kawhi, doesn't mean Kawhi wasn't key. It means this idea he raised everybody up. Maybe that wasn't true. Maybe he was the last piece they needed. But I think Toronto's performance this year has to cause you to question how much Kawhi did last year. Not saying he didn't do a lot, saying it wasn't maybe as much as we thought. Yeah, and I also think, look, if, if we're going to tell the whole story, I mean, the injuries to the Warriors have to be – it's not saying that the title doesn't count, but those injuries to the Warriors had a big impact on that series. You don't take away the ring or anything, but if, as far as telling the whole story, you got to tell that side of it. The thing with Paul George – We've seen him play well in big moments. We just don't see it game after game after game. Which is what you need to win a title. Exactly. And so it's not, he's not a dependable guy uh, for a lot of his career. What else doesn't take away from Kawhi's performance last year? But here's the reality game three against the Bucks, 
Toronto down 0-2 at home, must win game three, overtime. And there were two possessions in that game. If the Bucks had scored, it was over. Yeah. So literally from that point to winning the title was a long shot like you couldn't believe. The fact they did it is amazing, but it could have very easily went the other way. And you look how good Toronto is now. What we know about Kawhi is he's one of the five, seven best players in the NBA, and he seems to step up when the stakes are highest. That is key. But who else on the Clippers get, gets that description? Zero titles on that team amongst the players, right, other than Kawhi. Yeah. Zero, uh, so, th- off the top of my head, yeah, I can't think of anybody else. Yeah. So unproven at the highest level, and oh, by the way, couldn't be bothered to play hard seemingly consistently at any other point of this season. And the idea they didn't play hard in the bubble is insane. When I heard people say, well, you know, the Clippers, they still have cohesion problems. Well, then why aren't they playing as hard as they can as a team in those eight lead-up games? It's, it's right? strange. It, well, they're, they're playing and they're treating this year as if they're the defending champs and they know where to, where to flip the switch when they're not. They but even the champs together. don't tend to do that. Even true champions don't tend to do that. You, did Jordan do that? No, no. But my point is they're playing this year almost as if, listen, we've been here before. We know exactly how to handle this situation. Well, you haven't, and you have new teammates. One of them's been there, but the other one hasn't. This is a new unit, so why wouldn't you treat it like you would need this cohesion to try and get to, to a further spot in the postseason? And to wrap the Clippers, to me it doesn't mean the Clippers – if the Clippers win – I will be on the radio the next day saying, here's what I see they did differently after that one day I was ranting. I wouldn't deny they won. I, w- I would try to figure it out. What I know is that if you were knowledgeable about the NBA, it doesn't matter if you like the Clippers to win it or not, the things we're talking about here are key factors, key considerations. It doesn't matter if you picked them or didn't pick them. I'll give you an example. Jonas... I would say in a snide way. I'm not, he's not snide, everyone. But in this case, he was, after Houston got up 1-0, he kind of dropped a hint. I had OKC in that series. He dropped his sly hint about Houston being up 1-0 with a smirk on his face. I don't know if you know this, Jones. They're up 2-0 now, the Rockets. <laughs> and you know what? I was probably wrong. I could sit here and tell a bunch of stories right now, I or mean, I'm going to say, you probably were right, buddy. I mean, look at my gambling record. I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should really appreciate that. Yes. But literally, if I sat here and explained to you why OKC is underrated and they still, it'd be like, what? And even if I believe that, I can't deny they lost these first two games. Or I could do this. Would you think they were going undefeated? <laughs> So there you right. go. OKC is fine. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. When it comes to the COVID stuff, Jonas, I think you've said it very well. My take would be we know there's going to be some positive um, cases. And the key is, are there so many that you're going to have to shut the entire league down if it's baseball or whatever. And if not, you roll with the punches. And the question ultimately is, how many more cases would there have been because of playing versus not? What are the other advantages of playing? And how does it all balance out? And in hindsight, it's probably easy to assess that. It's not necessarily looking ahead. 
And that's what the good leagues are trying to figure. How to minimize it, understand there's going to be some of it, and kind of play through it. Seems like, you know, there's a series of these right now that might say, oh, things are turning bad. I don't really see it. I see it being, it could be, but at least from this distance, seems like this is the way it's got to be until there's a vaccine. What yeah, do you think? I, I totally agree. Every sport that's tried to restart has dealt with this outside of the NHL. I don't think the NHL had anybody test positive, but every sport, the UFC had a fighter test positive before a fight card. They still put on the entire fight card. They just, you know, didn't have that guy's fight on. Um, the NBA uh, had dealt with it early on. You've seen uh, the NFL had some players on the COVID list. You've seen Major League Baseball. It's not impossible. You just got to figure it out. I agree 100%. When we come back, Milwaukee Bucks looks good today. What did we see in that first game? The Lakers may be the most interest. I'm not as optimistic about them. And NFL previews continue. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., we've been talking about the title favorites in the NBA playoffs and their struggles early on. Right now, one of those title favorites, the Milwaukee Bucks, who are trailing one game to none in their series against the Orlando Magic, are up big early in the second quarter. Here's the thing about the Bucks. If I had a free roll right now, meaning, R.J., you win 10,000, just pick the NBA title winner, it would be the Bucks to me. Because amongst the big three struggles, I think Milwaukee's are the most explainable, and here's why. They never, ever let their foot off the gas last year or this year pre-bubble. Milwaukee plays hard every night, which is rare for a really good NBA team that does tend to take those limited days of, oh, we'll try, but you know what we're saying, right? You know, those kind of games. And because of that effort... If you look at net differential, which is another way of saying what's their average win or loss, Milwaukee, before the bubble, had the fifth best in the history of the NBA. The four teams better, point differential, all won the title. And they're some of the best teams ever. This is a historically good team up to that point. For whatever reason, they got to the bubble and said, you know, we'll be like these other teams. Decided to take it easy a little bit. We'll work our way into shape. Okay, they looked out of sync that entire time. For that to extend to the first playoff game was a surprise. But I don't see anything else different about this team. So why would they be other than a historically great team now? Because they were for 60 games. And last year, they were like the 17th best team of all time. So this is a really good team. The only concern I have about Milwaukee, and Colin brought this up yesterday, it was a brilliant point, is Giannis the type of player that in a close, close game or when they're behind by five, which is going to inevitably happen to win a title, his lack of confidence, Giannis, in his jump shot, is a problem because the team's able to pack it in and now the nerves are part of it. I think that's fair, and I think the fact that Milwaukee's this good in the regular season, if they were this good in the playoffs, this wouldn't even be a challenge. They'd win it, and easily. I think what makes it more of a challenge is the Bucks team is not suited for playoff basketball. They're suited to kill 
average teams and bad teams in the regular season. But even so, I think they have the best chance to win the title. And I'm not surprised that they're looking good today. So, RJ, coming up at 9 Eastern time, it is game two between the Lakers and the Blazers on ESPN. Right now on pregame.com, L.A. a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I believe the Lakers, it's the most concerning of the big three, Clippers and Bucks, the others, because their effort level was actually there in many of those bubble games. And they still didn't play well. Everyone's talked about they shot horribly. And let's be candid, shooting is not about effort most of the time. It's about do you make the shot or not. You can get better shots because of the effort, but if it's an open shot, it's an open shot. Now, Jonas, you brought up some cryptic comments LeBron made, and generally the gist of it is there's something going on here you don't know about, but it's a problem. Yeah, that that's basically what he was implying. He implied about that about a week ago. Then he's you know talked about uh, in in a recent interview I think with Chris Haynes that there's something intricate going on, but he can't get into it. So he's thrown that out there a couple of times. So let's believe it. It shows because I don't really understand how the Lakers could win the West and be trying in a lot of these bubble games. Not everyone, but a lot of them, and playing so badly. So we'll see. It doesn't mean they're going to lose to the Blazers even for the series, but I think this Lakers team is compromised. We can all talk about A.V. Bradley, and I think it matters. I think depth matters. In general, though, I'm most concerned about the Lakers right now. I just don't have any real answers other than LeBron kind of pointing us in the direction that something's wrong. We just don't know what. We'll continue our NFL preview here coming up in just a moment. First, I want to let you know we're brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone is America's number one battery destination. No matter what battery problems you're dealing with, you can find your battery solution at AutoZone. Next time you're having starting trouble, start at AutoZone. America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. The countdown continues. Team number 15 on our 32-1 to top NFL teams in the league, the Buffalo Bills. Over-unders, nine wins. Fezzik has a lean, lean on the under I disagree, and here's why. It's all about Josh Allen. And I only lean over. Lean, though. Lean. Josh Allen, the story goes, if you look at QBR, he didn't really improve that much in year two. Fezzik's point is he didn't improve that much. If you look at the next-gen stats, and I think for quarterback, those are great stats they put out, his accuracy improved drastically. And that was the big thing at Wyoming, his lack of accuracy. He's got the physical tools, but does he throw in an accurate way? If you look at the next-gen stats, he improved pretty significantly in that area. If somehow that continues, Josh Allen would be a top-12 quarterback soon enough. If it doesn't continue, he's going to be about the 20th-best quarterback. If he regresses through his rookie year, he'll be worse than that. Nothing else that they do. The defense is really good. Last year was number two. It's going to be really good again. And they added digs. It should help. But it's a Josh Allen bet. If you bet over, you're betting on Josh to get better. If you bet under, you're betting on him to regress. I'm in the middle. I'm a little optimistic, but I'm not all that optimistic. So I lean over nine on the bills. Fez leans under. Straight out of Vegas here is back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. If you missed any of today's show, including a full breakdown on the struggles of the NBA title favorites, go to foxsportsradio.com and check out the podcast. The Odd Couple is next on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 